0: Of Speaking the Truth with your host, Anthony Brown. Today's podcast is brought to you by Associates Life Coaching and Counseling. If you're feeling blue and don't know what to do, call Anthony Brown and he will help you. Go to Associates Life and Counseling.com or call 281 545 5003. So this is the first episode for 2018. It feels rather weird that it's actually 2018. Today I'll be caught uh, talking about uh, several topics. I'll be talking about uh, El Salvador and uh, what 45 is doing to Salvadorians. Talking about H&M, Oprah Winfrey, a senator out of El Paso, called O'Rourke, and his shenanigans that he's coming up with, and a little talk about uh, just of Texas, their turnover rate in reference to uh, state employees. So let's start talking about the Salvadorians. Back in 2001, the Salvadorians were allowed to come to the United States, and they had a special uh, immigration status. Uh, they had a special immigration status because it was not safe to go to their country. I don't know if it was because of a hurricane or a war or something to that effect, but uh, but yet instead they were allowed to to stay here and they were a protected group. Now, what 45 administration is doing now, they're no longer accepting their special status, and by September they will have to return home. According to the uh Trump administration, so that's something that's very troubling uh I think it's gonna be another group after them but but to just to send this group of people home, and I can just imagine them having children who are born here in the United States, and they know nothing about uh El salvador so this is one of the, his uh, i guess the way he claims he's making America great again uh his mind, but it's one of the things. That um, that's taking place. That's real unjust. Uh, so uh, I'm hoping that maybe a judge c- could block that, or maybe somewhere someone can talk to him and get some type of. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. So, but yet still, that's what's on the agenda for for uh, that. So you can just imagine that they're going to be two hundred more thousand illegal aliens and that's going to probably go into hiding. The next uh, thing I would like to talk about is Oprah Winfrey. Did you Were you able to see, hear her speech? Her speech was on the level of Hillary Clinton uh, when she when we knew she was running and a lot of people were saying uh, Oprah Winfrey 2020 because it kind of sounded as if some of the things she was saying in her speech was a, a speech that like, that she was going to announce, that so she was running, the way the speech uh, came across. But one thing that really stuck to me towards in the, the speech, and I may be paraphrasing it, is when she said that a new day is coming. A new day is coming. A friend of mine stated recently, and um, to a certain extent, I agree that the election of 45 was something that was necessary. And the reason that it was necessary so it could rattle feathers and wake people up and get people involved. So, with that being said, um, I'm sure that the country is going to be in bad shape compared to the way he found it. But at least we can um, hopefully restore things back and different laws and things of that nature back uh to where it should be. The next topic I would talk to talk about is HM and their shenanigans. There was a I don't know how I, there was it, it went viral online, but what happened was for those of you all who probably live on, on the rock or maybe just slightly misinformed or haven't run across it yet. Um m H&M, which is a European based a uh, company who sells uh, all kinds of clothing um came up with an ad with a looks like he's a probably a seven year old boy a uh, dark complected african american boy he probably of, is could be of african because he has rich features but yes he, he and he has a um a uh, hoodie that says uh little monkeys have all the fun or something of that nature and then there's another picture of another young man who was a Caucasian man, young man and uh, said something totally opposite of the positive. It appeared that maybe the shooting was done to help promote um, um, some type of safari type thing. But uh to make a long story short, it was disrespectful for H&M to... Um, to pr- create an ad where the, uh, the black young man had something positive or referred to as a monkey, and then the uh, the white young man had something positive or as if he was on a higher level with what he had on his T-shirt that he, w- something in reference to um, uh, something positive. To refer to the white young man as the leader of the uh, safari or something to that effect, and then the, and then the black young man as a monkey. That's it. now there were um, a few people that I know that uh, around the age of thirty or under the age of thirty that come from a different mindset, I guess, or a different generation, where they were saying that. Uh, we are making it too big of a deal about uh, being outraged about the, um, the this particular thing. And I know I, I come from a different era, and I've been to Europe, and I know that they, they think differently, and racism is still there, but it's not like it is in the United States. And I tried to look at that perspective... But any way that I look at it, I believe that it was incomprehensible that H&M would put out an ad like that. Uh, Because any way way you twist it, the uh, the African young man is portrayed as something that's less than a human. It's, it's, It's offensive any way you twist it. Uh, and for them to m- attempt to market something like that in the United States, how anyone on that staff did not catch uh, that ad and approve that ad shows how uh, irresponsible the h uh, m H&M mark- market department is. So the ad was pulled once uh, they realized it was outraged, and I believe an uh, athlete, I can't forget his name, uh, made a decision not to uh, be a spokesperson for Jim H- as as he um, was getting paid to do. So, um, but um, one thing that's, that saddens me, though, is that you have uh, some young people who did not grow up through a certain area, that don't understand the struggle, uh, and feel that people are whining and complaining over nothing, And we just need to uh, get over it. But it's interesting that uh, the the same millennials love to use the phrase, stay woke. And I would like to say to them, stay woke. Each and every time you hear something that's unjust, or something that's racist, something that's misogynistic, something that puts homophobic or racist or puts any group of people on top of another people. You should make a comment about it. You should say, well, it's wrong it's wrong. All of the things that Trump was saying during his, uh, all those crazy things he was saying during his campaign, each and every, and, and still saying, the things that he still does, the things he still tweets, each and every time you hear it, you have to comment on how wrong it is because if you don't, you become used to those type of things. It will become your norm, and as a result of it becoming your norm, you will allow it to be you will allow it to be part of you, and you will start making those type of things because it'll be okay. So I encourage you all to stay woke. Another thing uh, that was in the news uh, that I heard on uh, CBS News, uh, local news, and I think it was national news, was that there's a senator by the name of Beto O'Rourke, and I might be mispronouncing his last name. It's spelled uh, O, possibly capital R O U R K E. He's a congressman, not a senator. He's a congressman out of the uh, out of Texas, from the uh, city of El Paso. He comes up with this bill that he wants to get passed. Some shenanigans sort of about every student finishes high school at age 18, should serve in the military for at least a year. Or they should become a teacher or work in the medical field for a year. Now, the first thing that came to my mind was, okay, they're not going to pass that. That wouldn't pass. But uh, however, with the powers that be that's in the House and the Senate, there's things that passed that I thought that would never pass. So you just never know what these some of these clowns in, in uh in Congress will do. When I first heard of this, I thought of a communistic uh, government. Um uh, so where is our government leading where you have the upper class being benefiting from everything and everything's been taken from the lower class and you have this this tax cut which is gonna to lead to a big deficit, which is as a result, next thing is gonna happen, they're gonna cut social programs. Uh and they're trying to cut the rights of people, they're trying to cut the rights for unions to organize and things of that nature. They don't want anyone to speak out against it. Things are unjust. They're trying to cut the voting rights things of that nature and make make this uh the borders solid. It this country if we do not watch out, i yeah, use my word again, if we don't stay woke, it's going to turn to a fascist society. We to stay vigilant. We need to speak out against each and every bill that comes out that's shenanigans. So back to my home state, Texas, um, There, I'm, um, I just became the president of a statewide local uh, president of a union. Uh, It's uh, a union that, since state employees cannot have, collective bargaining is basically a lobbyist group, and uh, and it's volunteer. I don't get paid for it, but um, as the president is local, a lot of times uh, I have to be the spokesperson when it comes to one thing or another, so the local we put out a press release, and the the press release about bring attention to a report that the state controller came out with, where there was almost twenty percent of the workforce left uh, for other, mostly for other jobs. Uh, there's twenty four thousand people left, and out of the twenty, out of eight, out of the twenty four thousand seventeen. Uh, thousands of people left for other jobs. And that's a very, very large number of people who left. Uh, And it's basically because the state of Texas pays their employees well under the market rate. In my opinion, that's extortion. And since they don't pay them a living wage, um, a lot of them, they choose to stay because they like serving the citizens of Texas uh, work multiple jobs. Um, so I had the opportunity, I was honored to be uh, called by uh, local radio station KUHT, which is a public radio, and uh, to talk about it. So I'm going to play, play a clip from that, and then you t- you let me know what you think about it.
1: This is Houston Matters. I'm Craig Cohen. Texas agencies lost about 19% of their employees last year. The recent report from the State Auditor's Office says it's the highest turnover rate since 2013. The findings include workers who were laid off and retired, but nearly 17,000 employees voluntarily left their jobs. Why? To consider the challenges and possible solutions for retaining state workers, we're joined now by Anthony Brown. He's president of the Texas State Employees Union. Anthony, welcome to Houston Matters. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you with us. And we welcome you to the conversation as well at 713-440-8870. You can email us at talk at houstonmatters.org or reach out to us on Twitter at Houston Matters. Anthony, what's your take on the state auditor's report? Uh, I I believe that uh, this is something that that just happened as
2: a result of the first thing is for not paying state employees market rate and paying them fairly on state wage or on a day of pay. And number two, uh, it's a result of the hiring freeze that took place uh, during the legislative session that the governor put into place for no apparent reason. And as a result, it was just a trickle-down where you have all these expectations for state employees to do all this work with with less people doing the work because of attrition or people leaving
1: and things of that nature. Can you put this into some context for us? Uh, There has to be a certain expectation. There's going to be a certain amount of turnover, uh, just like there would be in in any uh, walk of life from one year to the next. But how does 19% compare to other years?
2: I don't—that's pretty high. That—I uh, believe it, it, in certain agencies it may have been high as 10 percent uh, for uh, children's protective services, uh, high-stress jobs are uh, been known for having a high turnover rate. But to have that at a statewide level, that's pretty high. That, that's, uh, that's almost like a
1: revolving door of a mass exodus. So you mentioned the fact that uh, there was a hiring freeze. This puts a little more pressure on the employees that are already there. Can you give an example or two of, of uh, what impact that's had in the past year? Okay, for example, say, for example, uh, you have uh,
2: someone to leave because uh, they retired or someone moved on to another job, uh, two people in another department. And then, say, for example, you have another one or two people in the same department who are on sick leave. Well, employees are held to the same level, are, are held to the same level of expectation to do the work, regardless of of the workload. And at the same time, the management is not allowed to hire uh, new employees, and if they and uh, to do the work. And then once they hire new employees, that employee is not any good to that particular department for another six months to a year. So if you go a whole legislative session, you go a whole nine months. Without hiring people, then you are killing the employees. They're becoming ill. They're becoming sick. They're working. Maybe in some situations, they may be working overtime. So, the, so it hurts in terms of the quality work that's going out, and at the same time, you're not having
1: a good life work balance, like work balance. You've been working for the state of Texas since 1993. Can you point to other years or other? eras where, you know, in the last 24 or five years that uh, that we've seen this sort of turnover rate? It was pretty high during the
2: George Bush administration one, uh, but this is probably the high that it's been. I believe it was high uh, at one time also when the uh, House Bill twenty two ninety two was presented where they thought they were going to do a lot of downsizing, in the uh, old Department of Human Services, uh, and and then the current Health Human Service Commission, so it was high during that particular time uh, because a lot of people left because they thought that they were going to lose their job because of privatization. But this is the highs that has been uh, with the economy uh, not being a, being decent, but not at its best. It's pretty high, so this is the
1: highs I've seen it. Workload pressures aside, uh, understandably, the, those are significant if, if you're in a small department and, and somebody leaves, uh, but that aside, uh, how would you characterize the environment, the general workplace environment that many state employees are dealing with these days? Is it generally a positive uh, experience to, to work for the state of Texas? I
2: would say just like any other uh, company, depends on what department you're at and what leadership you have. But I will also say that the state employees remain because they love their job. They love working for the citizens of Texas. They love making a difference. So that's the main goal because we've, all of us can certainly go to another place and make a lot more money. We ha- have uh, a passion for what we do. Uh, and then most of us at the same time to remain state employees, we work two jobs, sometimes two part-time jobs, so we can feed our families, so we can remain state employees. And and that shouldn't have to be done. We, we shouldn't have to do those type of things.
1: Are there ways in which workplace culture for state employees have improved since uh, you started working there in the early 90s?
2: I would say that uh, no, it it seems like it's it's it spiraling down. You have a, a group of people in the legislature who don't believe in government. Uh, in, in my opinion, and because they don't believe in government things that uh, that, and this is just hypothetical in my way of thinking that that it it, it could be setting us up to fail, so that certain certain uh, departments can be privatized, privatized. And where I come from, it's cheaper to cut your own grass than the hire somebody to cut your grass for you. So, in my opinion, privatization is
1: something that just doesn't work. It costs the state more money. This is Houston Matters, I'm Craig Cohen. The State Auditor's Office recently reported the highest state employee turnover in about five years. We're talking with Anthony Brown. He's president of the Texas State Employees Union. We welcome you to our conversation as well with any questions or comments that you have at 713-440-8870. You can send us an email at talk at You can also reach out to us on Twitter. We're at Houston Matters. Anthony, you mentioned the, the state legislature. How does the the legislature play a role in retaining employees over time?
2: The way the legislature can retain employees would be to uh, have enough FTE to work for a particular department without uh, overloading employees and to pay them a living wage uh, so that the employees can stay. And at the same time, attract them to stay by having decent pension, pensions. Uh, there have been some changes that make the job not as attractive, even though the pay is not high, but it's always been attractive that we have a, a decent pension uh, that when we reach the age of 80, our, our, age, uh, our age and our years of service reach 80, we have a pension, which is not an exorbitant amount, but it's a pension that will not, uh, that will keep a retiree from being on the welfare. So uh, so that's been attractive. But since then, the pension has been weakened, and a rule of 80 has been changed, the younger generation that's coming in uh, to work for the state, they don't have the same luxury as a lot of us has been with the state for a long time.
1: So it's not as attractive anymore, so it's hard to maintain employees. I think earlier you mentioned Child Protective Services. Uh, have, have, have their turnover rate not as high as uh, the average across the state? Currently it's not as high because CPS
2: were in, were uh, they were in pretty bad shape in terms of, of turnover being very high, and it was a, a direct effect to child safety. So they had a they raised their pay to twelve thousand dollars a year. As a result of raising their pay to twelve thousand dollars a year, their turnover rate is less. Uh, if this same practice would happen and across the board raise for all state employees. Including university employees, because university employees or state employees as well, they have not received a raise since two thousand and three. But if you give us across the board raise, a living wage, you will see that the turnover rate won't increase because there's an adverse effect uh, of safety, of public safety, with water, with child safety, with parolees. It affects public safety by not having by having a high turnover rate and by having. a uh, uh, uh,
1: a small amount of people are doing a lot of work. Let's uh, let's take a couple of calls here. We have Linda on the line from Northeast Houston. Linda, what's your question or comment?
2: Well, my question is, how are you going to solve this, the state employees' union, when you have a huge turnover and you don't have an employees' union that shows any bite or any strength? I found that the inequities that happened when I worked for Child Protective Services Largely were because the union was not strong. The man did not, the, uh, the guy that you all hired, uh, he was somebody, it's some sinecure, some relative. He sleeps all day, never saw the program director, never went to the regional manager. These were all jobs that our union representatives did in the school district. Our executive board showed up to school district to open hearings. That was a demand. There is nothing like that. The only thing that you have had at Trout Protective
1: Services, where you need it, protect. Okay. Well, Linda, I'm, I'm going to stop you there. I appreciate uh, the comment, but I want to give Anthony Brown a chance to uh, respond. Uh, so she's uh, saying, well, it's up to the union to to be more effective in, in fighting uh, to ensure that uh, employees are better and have better uh, benefits and, and all the rest. Okay. Let me, let me explain to you how. State employees unions work.
2: What the state employees union? How we get things changed is that we have to lobby state legislators. We do not have collective bargaining like like they do in uh, in, in the in the, uh, pub, uh, the private sector. We have to lobby state legislators. We have to uh, draft bills or get bills drafted and get someone to sponsor these particular bills. That's how we get change. Uh, change happens uh, for a large number of state employees. We have to, especially in this situation, the state audit report. We have to put out press releases, and then we have to organize and get more people to join, so we can have fighting power and people to have a voice. Uh, we have 10,000 members, and that's not not even a majority. So it's it hard to convince uh, people that how important of having a voice and doing the work and going to to uh, Austin and to Lobby. And uh, I've been on the board since 1996, In every legislative session, I'm in Austin, I'm lobbying, I'm, I've been part of public hearings, and that's something not just board members do, that's something that members that's in the direct
1: line of doing the work, uh, they do those things as well. Our next caller is uh, Leo. Leo's calling from near Greenspoint. Leo, what's your question or comment?
2: Uh, my comment is, uh, there is a need to support state employees. Um when you have employees who have been, uh, who leave and then the others have to take over the workload, they become uh, basically unable to uh, handle everything. And so, with regulatory agencies, the employees that are responsible to make sure everybody following the rules uh, be- become at a disadvantage and are less able to enforce those rules. And, and that kind of is problematic for everyone. At the same time, you have the employees who are seasonal and are experienced. When they become stressed out, uh, especially if they're close to retiring, they tend to leave the the state agencies, and and that is the problem because uh, the new employees, you know, they they still need the training at the
1: time, and that causes problems uh, as well. All right. Thanks very much for the call and for the comment, Leo. We appreciate it. Anthony Brown, do you see ripple effects uh, if this turnover rate uh, that's increased, if we continue to see that in the next year and uh, the year after that? If, if, yes, if if the
2: legislator don't uh, hire people at the rate that they're hiring, because when they enter the the freeze, they're still only able to hire at a certain percentage. So the, the freeze for all purposes, the place. They can't hire but not at the same rate. So it's going to be a ripple effect. On a personal note, let me tell you something personal. In July, uh, my brother, who uh, was schizophrenic, uh, he w- was uh, was refusing refused to go to the doctor. I went through MHMR, through a lot of different agencies, and my last result was to go to Adult Protective Services. Because Adult Protective Services, workload was so high, by the time they were able to come, they were scheduled to come out to do a capacity assessment, so we could possibly get a court order to get him hospitalized, my brother passed away. These are the types of things that happen when you, when you don't have, when people are stressed out, when it overworks, and we don't have the, the correct amount of FTE
1: to do the work that needs to be done. Very sorry to hear about your brother, Anthony, uh, but I do thank you for for taking the time to talk with us. Anthony Brown is president of the Texas State Employees Union. Anthony, thanks so much.
0: So this was my interview on Houston Matters on KUHT uh, 88.7 in Houston. Um, One thing, uh, when Linda uh, uh, came online, whoever Linda is, uh, I... Was told that she was the one who worked for Child Protective Services for only uh, only uh, four months. When she came online, uh, what I really wanted to say was, "Listen, Linda, listen, Linda, listen, Linda." You know, uh, it's obviously that she really didn't have a good grasp of of how things worked. Uh, And um, I'm hopefully my point was drawn home. with with my personal note, if you do not do right by a group of people who work hard and effort, effortlessly for you, then it is a direct effect on public safety, and that's what thing I was trying to to get across that interview. So I'm uh, ended off on that note. Uh, just want to share. Uh, uh, Share with you that that interview and kind of uh, exp- uh, express that basically a lot of things in today's uh, episode of Speaking the Truth is a reflect on is a reflection on where this country is leading because of a Tea Party agenda. If we allow the Koch brothers and and the Trump and the other multi-billionaires to run this country and to make policies and lobby policies and and do things because they trying to because they are afraid that the that, that the minority agenda, which minorities are pretty much in in a no longer a minority collectively and the uh, the uh, rich white men uh, agenda is in the minority but really money is power. Uh, So they feel that they're losing something but in essence if every group of people in this country, all different races and creeds and religions and backgrounds from other countries and People of different income levels, if we all come together and just be America and really live out what the Constitution is meant for us to live a life of liberty and the pursuit of happiness and have a sense of community, this nation will, will be great. It's always been great. Uh, you hear the slogan, make America great again with it and stop being great. Of course we have a, a history and some practices that that isn't too pretty, but that's part of our history. That's part of where we come from, that's part of what we're gonna go through, and to revert back to that history through policies and things. It's 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 incomprehensible. It's something that we cannot allow happen. So, this is speaking the truth. This is Anthony Brown. Subscribe and comment, and and email me at uh, your comments at speakingthetruth.ab at gmail.com. And uh, let us let me know what some topics you would like to talk about. If you would like to talk about mental health and, and have questions about mental health. Uh, and i uh, and a life coach. And, and, uh, and I love to talk about mental health and talk about happiness. Email me your questions, I'll get on air. And let's talk, let's speak the truth.